she never really respected me and it mm. would come out in our conversations and, um, uh, you know, her, her fear of money and stuff like that, you know, and, um, she never really respected the person that I was. And I think that was kind of doing me in inside, you know, it's kind of, yeah. it was, I was, I was handing over my man card, you know, <laughs> you know if you will. <laughs> Welcome, beautiful thinkers. It's your boy, Kurt Robinson. This is how your life is already wonderful and back with another funky, fresh track, another interview. This one is with my friend, Doug Barbieri. And an important theme of this week's interview is talking about masculinity. So now... More than ever, I suspect uh, the world needs strong men in contact with their own selves, their own souls, their own emotions, willing to dive into the world and explore and perhaps even fight for, for what is important. And this interview is about how Doug lost his man card, about how he allowed people to take his power, how he gave his power away to his ex-wife with her eventually uh, cheating on him with another woman. Uh, it's not probably not a lot of experiences that are more emasculating than that. But, of course, to Doug's credit, he managed to regain his masculinity uh, stronger than ever. So that's what this interview is about, about Yes, about masculinity and about self-knowledge and about emotional knowledge. So we'll get into that in a moment. Please, if you <laughs> need some guidance or if you're having trouble making sense of your life situation, if you would like to explore what's on the inside but you don't know exactly how and you would like to take action, then please head on over to beautifulpodcast.com. You see at the top, it's got a little link in the tab there. It says CBT Sessions, and you can click on that. You can book a session with me uh, exploring your mind using these cognitive behavioral techniques, and we'll discuss what's going on. I will listen to you and understand you and perhaps point out some things to you which you hadn't realized some patterns about your, your thinking, which could lead to insight, which could lead to creating a new way of being, thinking about how you would really like to be in the world if you would like to be more masculine like Doug or more in touch with your own emotions, happier, more joyful, more content. Then we can explore that and collaborate to come up with an action plan so you can move forward to achieve those wonderful things that perhaps you have not yet dared to dream of. So if you use the coupon code BEAUTIFUL2021, you can get 50% off the first session. And I hope you do that. Beautifulpodcast.com is the site. And let's get into it. Let's hear what Doug has to say. Let's hear his story. I'm here with Doug Barbieri, and he's going to tell us a story about 
understanding his place in the world, understanding his place in in the United States, I guess, and understanding his own masculinity. How are you, Doug? I'm doing fine. How about you, Kurt? Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, still <laughs> still waking up a little bit, uh, but yeah, <laughs> nice and fresh. <laughs> well, I appreciate you uh, having me on the show here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It'll be really interesting to to hear a different side of you and like hear, hear your story. So yeah. the the story begins when you're in California and you're married and you have a, a, an acapella group that, that you kind of manage with your life. Uh, what's life like for you there? My life at the, at the time, when I think back on it, I was I didn't realize it at the time, but I was kind of just marking time. I, was, I didn't realize that, that it's almost like treading water. Yeah, hmm. This would be the best way to to describe it. Um, but I had a routine of, you know, I, I went to work and then, you know, uh, we have um, this uh, uh, community choir that w- would come and meet in our house like twice a week and we would rehearse and then we eventually would have concerts and that kind of consumed <clears throat> my life. Um, and I mean, the good things about it is like my kids were involved and so it was a family thing and um, I had very rich musical experiences in hmm. that setting, which was, which was really uh, a, a blessing in that regard. But, but kind of, you know, I just felt, I just felt like I was kind of marking time and just doing day-to-day things and um, not really feeling like um, I was feeling restless, you know, hmm. very restless. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what was your job at the time? Uh, software engineer. So yeah. I'd go, I had a, I had a, I had a job in a company that was across town. And so I would drive out in the morning, you know, late morning and then, you know, stay fairly late and then come back. And, uh, that was, uh, did that for a number of years. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and then tried to have, a. I tried, we tried my, uh, my business partner who I worked with at the time we had a, you know, we did a lot of contracting work. We just said, let's try to build a, a software suite. And that never, that never panned out when I spent like two years working on it with him, mm-hmm. chewing through savings, you know? Um, but it was an interesting experience, but that was, that was like an attempt to find myself, which of course irritated my ex-wife no end because she just wanted a steady stream of money. And uh, <laughs> she didn't like that. I was trying to do something, you know, bigger in the future, you know, which means you start your own business and, you know, you, you can capitalize on passive income as opposed to just active income. But, you know, she was happy with active income, never was interested in any of that. So that She's was always kind of a working away. <laughs> exactly. And providing the money so she could have her choir and, you know, everything like that. Was she working uh, as well? Yeah. But like odd jobs, you know, she would, she would teach piano lessons and then she would have like a gig over at, you know, the school and blah, blah, blah. But it was mm. mostly had to do, had to do with music, you know, but no, she wasn't, was, I was basically supporting her and the family. Hmm. So yeah. what was your marriage like? Well, began to have some difficulties. It was, it was pretty good at the beginning. Although I went through a thing where, like a few years in to our wedding, our, our marriage, I was just like, 
where am I? Who am I? You know, it's like, I was mm. like, I, I didn't, I didn't even feel like this was my house anymore. You know, mm. I like she'd kind of taken over my life in a way. And I, I didn't even know who I was anymore. And I said, I, I want a divorce. I want to split up. This isn't working anymore. And, and it was a very emotional experience. And she was like, but we, sh-, you know, she did not want that at all. And, and, um, I had this burning desire to just live by myself, um, and, uh, have girlfriends and, you know, just, just, uh, I'm done with this, but, um, <laughs> she convinced me that, uh, we, we went to therapy together, mar- marriage counseling and, and then, you know, she convinced me to give it another try. And so I did. I said, okay, you know, it, it, I mean, we've got kids and we had one on the way that we didn't, weren't aware of. And we're like, oh, okay, you know, we really need to, you know, the family needs this. And so I yeah. felt that was the right decision at the time. And then it wasn't like, I think a couple of years later, I was back to feeling restless again. And I said, you know, I think, I, I think this isn't working for me. Mm. And she cried so, and you, you can't leave me. And, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> and what, I think what had after changed? that, yeah, what, what had changed? Well, I was just going to say <laughs> after that, I think is when that, when I felt like I was marking time, that's when that oh, I started see. taking over. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, what had changed in the, in the time, like from the beginning of the marriage to, to when you started having that, that identity crisis, I guess, or asking who am I? Well, I mean, we bought a house and we had our first kid and everything was, was pretty good up to that point. And I'm not really sure what changed, but I remember we took a vacation and uh, to Hawaii and, and I, I, I remember just being furious with her and like, I don't even want to be around you anymore. It was like everything she said was rubbing me the wrong way. And I was like, where I, I was actually kind of surprised by it. I didn't even know where that came from, you know, but mm. something inside me was saying, this isn't working. and This isn't right. And when we got back, that's when I said, you know, the whole time, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, I think this isn't working. I think we need to, to split up. And that's when I proposed it to her and, um, uh, basically kicked her out for a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I, I was like, no, this is where I'm done. And she convinced me to bring her back. You know? Wow. Okay. So why were you so angry or what, or what were you feeling? It was anger was a part I, of it. It was, it was, I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore. And that this person had kind of just taken over my life. That's how I felt. It mm. didn't feel like my house anymore. It, 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 it just, it was really weird when I suddenly just opened my eyes. I, this doesn't even feel like my house, you know, um, it was the weirdest thing. And I'm not exactly sure what triggered it or, or what particular thing happened, but it was like a, the best thing I could say is like, I woke up. It was like I kind of woke up out of a dream. I was like, hmm. and faced some hard reality. This isn't working. Hmm. Your emotional reaction was like anger and irritation and uh, yes. confusion, I suppose, as well. Yes. It was coming out as resentment and anger toward her. And when hmm. I really started thinking about it, I'm like, I don't feel like this is my house. Well, that's why I feel resentful. I kind of just handed her my power, you know? Hmm. Um. And she's the kind of person that, that just loves to 
you know, run the show, you know, she's like, wants to be in charge, you know, all the way across. So she, and um, this was something that I had suddenly realized that I had allowed to happen. I had allowed her to take over my, my life. And then it was really funny when I actually talked to my mom about it, she was like, well, Jesus, about time you recognize this. I mean, <laughs> bugging her the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's when you're like, why? Uh, why did you say something, Ma? <laughs> yeah, she. Well, she was just okay. You're happy. That's fine. But she right. was, there was red flags for her, and she wasn't saying anything. And then finally, it all came out. I was like, oh, really? Wow. What do you think uh, the the balance was between you handing away your power and your ex wife taking the power? Well, like I said, I always say power is never taken; it's only ever given. Right. Um, even when, even when the thugs have a gun to your head, you know, it's, you still, you know, they're, they're, they're threatening you because they want you to comply. <laughs> you know, mm. so you have to hand the power over it. So, but in this case, I had done it voluntarily kind of without, without realizing it. And the more I gave, the more she took. Mm. And it's kind of like, it's the weirdest thing, but she never really respected me. And it would come out in our conversations and, um, uh, you know, her, her fear of money and stuff like that, you know, and, um, she never really respected the person that I was. And I think that was kind of doing me in inside, you know, it's kind of, yeah. it was, I was, I was handing over my man card, you know, <laughs> you know if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? But what's your what's your mentality in that situation? Like, what what would you think, or how would you justify it to yourself? Well, you 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 you, we have a house to pay for. We have kids, right? To, so you're, to, to you're trying to be of. responsible. Yeah, and and so the and, and and I got married, and I took my marriage commitment seriously. I mean, mm. at the time, I was a Christian. Mm. Um, and, uh, I was going to, to church and everything, um, cause she had a, a gig where she was conducting a choir at a church and I actually got baptized in that church. And, you know, I took it very, very seriously. When you get married, you get married and that's it. You know, you have one spouse for the rest of your life and, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, I've since a lot of things changed for me, you know, uh, within that space of, uh, we were together for 22 years and, uh, you know, a lot of that space, wow. things started to change, particularly after the, the, the first decade, but, but yeah, at the time. And so it's like, no, this, and, and even when we split up, I remember having a conversation with myself about it. And I'm, I was thinking, you know, I, I think I do need to make this work. This is, this is important and I think it's worth it. And, um, and so, hmm. She came back and I thought, well, okay, well, we can have new parameters. And she was like trying to be accommodating, giving me my space and stuff like that. And then it just mm. kind of went back to what it, it, it slowly, but surely things just kind of went back to the way things were. And mm. that's when the second time came up and I said, you know, this isn't working. And she cried and no, oh, please don't throw me out. And I love you and all this other stuff. And well, in retrospect, it wasn't that she loved me. It's that she was scared of, you know, she felt like she had no options, no choices. She was, right. you know, there was nowhere for her to go. And so it was, it was, it became, I think at that point it became dysfunctional very much more because then I really handed over the power. I let her stay. Mm -hmm. And um, then 
And I, that's when I kind of went to this period of like 10 years of sort of marking time, you know, mm. but few, but then some interesting things happened in my life where I discovered Ron Paul. Uh, this will probably, you know, uh, your reader, yeah. your listeners might chuckle with us, but I, I discovered Ron <laughs> Paul. Yeah. I wasn't political before that. You know, I really wasn't very interested in politics, but I, right. I, but what, uh, maybe but we I, should get, uh, get, uh, yeah. get context. Like what's the political situation like in California at that time? Well, okay. So, <clears throat> you know, California, um, uh, the politics of California never really bothered me too much. I knew taxes were high and I knew that, you know, uh, uh, certain things that are nutty and Sacramento was, there's, you know, I knew all that, but I didn't really, it didn't really think too much about it. Right. I wasn't really, it wasn't really a big deal for me. Um, mm. like, you know, my ex, like she didn't even vote. So kind of neither did I, we just sort of, sort of ignored the whole thing. Right. Mm. Paid our taxes, did our thing and just went on with our lives. Right. Um, and so, but it was, I had gone to college and I kind of wasn't aware of, or maybe it over time it changed and I became aware. I'm not exactly sure what's, mm. you know, true in this, but I didn't realize just how divisive and caustic the, the politics really were in California, but I think they've gotten worse in recent years. And, uh, maybe I just woke up to that or, you know, whatever, but hmm. when I discovered Ron Paul, I, I had been subscribing to this libertarian newsletter that I'd read and well, this is interesting, hmm. uh, but not really active, you know, and, but they were always publishing articles by Ron Paul. And I was, what, what is this thing called the federal reserve? What's that? You know, I started learning about this stuff and that's, and then just when I found out that he was running for office, I was like, okay, I need to get active politically because, you know, we need to put this guy in, 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 in office because this guy has the answers no one else is talking about. And, um, that was at the time, you know, hmm. and that was an interesting moment in our relationship because that was for her. She tells me later that it was the beginning of the end for her, um, when I started going off the deep end and I'm like, of course, you know, having arguments with all our friends and, you know, uh, um, I think about this time we had, we had our choir going. And so I was posting stuff on Facebook and people, you know, were getting into arguments. And then she just one day said, you have to stop hurting me. I'm like, what? She's like, you mm -hmm. have to stop talking about this stuff because it's hurting me when you talk about it. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. You can't silence me. And that you're, choosing to be hurt by that. And I was like, no. And mm. this is kind of how everything kind of, you know, I think the beginning of the end, you know? Right. Well, th this is very interesting because on, uh, on one level we could say, uh, de depending how you look at it, it's like, ah, oh, well, this, um, you know, some, some people might frame it like this selfish man, uh, is moving forward with, with politics and, you know, it's, it's ruining his marriage or something like that. But <laughs> the other side of it is, Finally, this this guy is taking a stand. It's something he believes in, and the, and perhaps the people around him can't take that. Yeah, um, I think I felt guilty for the first point. Like, oh, I need yeah. to be a better husband, and yeah, and yeah, not not do this to her because this is upsetting her, and you know she doesn't like it. And but at the same time, okay, that means that I have to be silent and and not hmm. really speak my mind. And I, yeah. I was, I was having a very hard time with that. 
Well, the the um, other element, I guess, is uh, like <laughs> I know when we first get into this stuff, you know, something that we're passionate about, we can uh, be a bit preachy about it. So uh, <laughs> that is yes. kind of a problem. <laughs> yep, a, a newly converted Christian has got to save the save right. every every soul. Exactly. On the planet. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, it's exactly right, and I was probably way more preachy than I needed to be. And, mm. um, but, uh, still, you know, when you get passionate about something, yeah, it just something I just, it, it awoke that in me. Yeah. And then after, after the Ron Paul thing came and went and I saw how his own party treated him like, like dog mm. shit. Can I say dog shit on your show? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, uh, okay. No, I just nobody said stopped you. <laughs> nobody stopped me. Well, I didn't hear a beep, so I guess I could say it. Yeah. But but I saw how his own party treated him. I was like, um, suddenly I had a moment of it was it was a pretty bad moment for me when mm. I remember I went to a tea party rally mm. on the Capitol Mall, and I don't know if you're familiar with American politics, but there was a party that sh- that they called themselves loosely the tea party. It wasn't really an official party, but um, right. It was like a, the, a, a splinter of the uh, Republican party. And they wanted to get back to some old fashioned values right. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, well, their name, their name is, they're named after the, the Boston tea party, which if you mm-hmm. know your history, that was when they, they threw out all the tea of a, of a shipment coming from the King. Cause they were protesting attacks. Mm. Um, and so we're, they, and I thought, well, this could be a good thing. I went to a rally on the steps of the Capitol Mall. There was a, the Capitol building near where I live, and they had a big rally. And I remember at one point, this politician gets up and takes over the microphone. And mm. I was just going, like, everyone's like, yeah, 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 and all those points. And I'm just going, every single point that he made is empty. You know, it's, it's, it was all just, just, he was just up there with word salad that, that, that made everybody go, yeah. But I was like, this guy is a scum bucket. I was like, I did mm. not like him <laughs> at, at all. And right. I'm like, I, I'm like, and it's like, I remember I looked over and somebody was holding the American flag and I just started crying because mm. I realized the, the American dream that, that I was raised to believe in was, was dead. Right. And I'm still sad about that. Yeah. But it's awful. And I, and I remember I had, I had a, a kind of a breakdown. I read this article in the Rolling Stone magazine and it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a story about in Iraq. And these two soldiers, I mean, the, 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 the war turned them insane. Hmm. And maybe they were unbalanced to begin with. I don't know. But they got their jollies by, oh, my God, this was so painful to read. They captured this 14-year-old Iraqi boy oh. in front of his father. They murdered him oh. in front of him. And they desecrated his body in front of him, laughing the whole time. Oh, wow. and, and 
I absolutely fucking lost it. I was like, our tax money is being used for this. This isn't protecting Americans. This isn't protecting us from terror. This is just fucking cruel nonsense. What the hell? And I, I, I remember I, I, I deactivated my Facebook page and I kind of, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was so, uh, for like a couple of weeks, I was, and I remember I, I told this to my ex and I was crying about it and she still didn't understand where I was coming from. I was like, this is like basically my stuff that I had believed in that I had been raised. My dad was a, a strict Republican and would always talk about limited government and, and the American dream. He believed in, in, in America so hard, you know, and, mm. um, and it was just that when I just realized that this was all bullshit, um, it was, a, that was really hard to swallow. And I was, that was probably some of the worst. Well, later the worst week of my life came up, but, but, the <laughs> but that, that was, that was really bad for the lot for a couple of weeks. I was like, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was depressed. I finally started coming out of it, but it was like, I was so full of anger, anger mm. that had been lied to. Mm. And it came out, came out in my Facebook posts. I was angry at everybody around me. It's like, why are you people idiots? Why do you believe this nonsense? And um, still kind of am a little bit. I think it comes out mm. every now and then. I think, you know, I'm still, I still am, still am a bit angry that people could be so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what, they, you know, what is it you, they do that's yeah. so stupid? Like they believe in the idea like you did or something they, else? They, yeah. They, 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 they watch the news media and they, they listen mm-hmm. to all the reports and they let them, they let the news media tell them what to think. And they, you know, then it's like self-righteous indignation when you disagree with them. Hmm. You know, if they're on the moral high ground. COVID is, do, is do more you think, the same. Yeah. You know? Do you think, oh, Yes. Uh, do you think that, uh, in a sense, you're angry at your former self for for believing for so long? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It, it, I know that they, that they say that when you get really upset and you see a, a quality in someone and it really pisses you off, it's usually because that quality is in you and you don't like yes. it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was a, it was an extremely emotional moment at that point, and. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm harboring all this anger and, and, um, I, I know I need to come to grips with it in some point, some way. Um, <laughs> uh, hmm. but, uh, it, so, I mean, for a number of years, I kind of carried that around and, and, uh, we get into these very heated debates with people on Facebook and, uh, like if I could convince this person then I can save the world or something. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know? And, um, I, it, that's lost its luster. I don't, I don't do that as, as much anymore, um, <laughs> but, but once in a while I'll throw something out. Um, the, sure. late, the, la- the last time I did it was with regards to the science quote unquote of masks. And, and, uh, I had a very long discussion with this guy on, on Facebook and finally, <laughs> finally at the end, finally at the end, I just said, look, it's clear to me that your mind is made up. And that yeah. you're not accepting any new information on the subject, and we should just end it right here. And his credit, he stopped. You know, right? So, right. which is well, let's not go deep, too deep into the the science of masks this, this time. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, I don't plan yeah. on it. But the point was was I ended it that way because I was like, I don't, 
I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm, you get to the point where you, you say something, here's the, here's the evidence that I have, whatever it is, mass or government or whatever. Here's my, here's my evidence. And then they pick it apart and then you just have to step, take a step back. So they're not ready to hear this yet. And, yeah. and you just say, okay, well, you're, you're obviously not ready to hear this. So let's, yeah, you know, let's right. move on. Well, people, people yeah. figure things out in their own time and hope, hopefully it will be on time, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I hope I, maybe you just keep going. I hope people are waking up, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, Movement below but, the surface. But yeah. So, so you're in your, you're still married at this point and you're getting very animated about these, these political stuff. Yeah. 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 And she gives me the big lecture, you know, about how I need to stop because that's hurting her. Mm-hmm. And, um, which I kind of just didn't know what to say back. I just mm-hmm. sort of stopped talking to her. And when she had told me that she had gone into deep depression herself, and I said, how come you didn't tell me? She says, well, I tried to. And I go, you did a terrible job. I had no idea. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, I've been reading The Secret. I don't know if you've ever read The Secret. And I have been, yeah, yeah. And I, the seek the book itself goes into a lot more detail of, of like, like oh, yeah. one question that came up was like, how do you deal with you're in a, an abusive relationship? Hmm. How do you deal with that? What do you do besides out? If you, you, you say, say you're in a situation you can't leave, like what do you do? And right. and Rhonda Bur- Rhonda Burns' advice was make a list of all the things you like about that person hmm. and concentrate on those qualities. And, and okay, I that. that sounds a bit scary. Like that, that might lead you to kind of being deluded about your relationship. Or, but what, what's the? Well, tell me what well, happened. What happens? Her thing was when you start to concentrate on the good aspects, right? And you you don't dwell on the negative. Mm. You're gonna find that you're gonna be around when they're in a good mood, and you're just gonna conveniently be gone when they're not. Oh, um, in other words, you're okay. you're shifting your energy such that you're going to be around for the good stuff and you're going to avoid the bad stuff. And this is a mm. way of coping, you know, with a bad relationship. Obviously the answer is to leave, but yes. uh, if you find you can't, that is one way of dealing or, or it could work for um, a bad family relationship. You got a brother or sister or a mom or dad or something that you're, you know, just it's, you always argue and you can't see eye to eye and there's all these yeah. problems. You could make a list of, cause you, you can't get, you know, you can't get rid of your dad. Your dad's your dad, right? Or your mom's your mom, right? You know, but mm. you can at least make a list of the things you like about them. And then you'll find that you'll be around for the good stuff and you won't be around for the bad, at least mm. less, less likely. So it worked so in your experience? It actually did work. I found wow. that we started well, like I'm around her when it's, when it's fun time and we're, you know, we're doing choir stuff. This is fun. We're, we're building music. This is great. You know, rehearsing stuff like that. And then I found that that I kind of wasn't around when she was at her lows. And so I, you know, yeah. And I have to own this. I wasn't available for her. So she didn't tell me any of this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I can't blame it all on her. I have to own, you know, what I did, you know, but I was, I had made myself distant from her because I had to, I had to insulate myself. And um, Mm -hmm. that was the way I survived. You know, hmm. so you think still think that was the the right strategy, like to look out for yourself? Well, 
No. No. Okay. Right. The right. The right strategy was to leave. Ah, uh, right. And I didn't. And why I didn't chose you? to stay? Guilt. Hmm. You know, I felt bad walking out on her. Sure. She cried and guilted me, you know, and stuff like that. I can't blame it all on her. I, I, I didn't leave. Yes. But at that point, I think I knew it. I was hoping that we would have a, an adult conversation about it and say, yeah, this isn't working. And maybe she, yeah, you know, you're right. This isn't working. But it, instead of saying like, instead of having a conversation where it was, that was, I was expecting was, well, we tried it. It isn't working for me. I'm right back to where I started. Um, you know, I think we need to split up. The conversation I was hoping to have was, okay, this is going to be difficult because we have kids and how are we going to manage this? Um, hmm. You know, and we could have had a phase out thing and we could have been both on the same page saying, yep. Yeah. You know, this is, we need to separate our worlds, you know, figure out where she can go, where I can go. Do we want to just sell the house? And, you know, I mean, there's like a lot of things that we could have done, but instead she panicked and freaked out and please don't, don't throw me out. No. And you know, I love you. I don't want you to leave. Blah, blah, blah. We, which is all lies. She was in love with me, <laughs> you know? I mean, I guess we, we loved each other in a like fiddler on the roof. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that play. No, I didn't. I didn't think I ever saw that. It's all about one of the subtexts is it's about, um, well, one of the plots of the thing is it's about arranged marriages in, in the culture that they're in. Uh-huh. And uh, versus people that choose each other for love, and um, ha- the the main character Tev- uh, uh, Tevia is having a conversation with his wife. It's a sung conversation, but he looks at her and he goes, "Do you love me?" And she goes, "Do I what?" And do you <laughs> love me? Do I love you. And then she likes saying, "Look, for twenty five years, I've washed your clothes and I've raised your kids. I've done all this stuff." And Finally, at the end, she goes, well, if that's not love, then what is? And he goes, then you love me. And she goes, well, I suppose I do. <laughs> well, then I suppose I love you, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's and, definitely and, a kind of love if you're willing to do those and, things. Yeah. And, and I'm, I mean, their, their point of view is you just, st- st- you stick it out. You're, mm. you're, you're arranged a marriage at, before you could even make any decisions at all. Hmm. You know, the, the town matchmaker has already put you together with somebody, you go and you marry them and then you have a life and then you just deal with this person that you're with, you know? Hmm. And, uh, that was kind of the philosophy of, you know, being in a marriage in general. Oh, you chose that marriage. You chose to get married. You, before God, you swore that till death do you part. So you suck hmm. it up, buttercup, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. And that's, and that's, and that's, um, that's kind of where I was in that, you know, in that situation. And so that's, I don't think that's why I didn't push it. And right. I went, okay, you know, and then when we finally did have that conversation, but it yeah. wasn't for year, like 10 years later. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. And then at that point in time, it was a huge surprise to me that, and that was part of, that was a, a very disrupting uh, a period of my life. Um, that was crazy. Well, what was that conversation yeah. like? The well, conversation where you were kicking her out again, or oh, oh, well, okay. The second conversation. Yeah. The second conversation we had, I, I tried to kick her out. She started crying, and please don't throw me out. And hmm. I dropped it, and we just stayed together for another ten years after that. Wow. But when I finally, 
but when we finally did have the conversation, mm. it was in a situation where, well, the whole, the, I was convinced, ultra convinced that she's the most heterative normal, normal person that I've ever met. You know? <laughs> Def, definitely likes men, the whole thing. Like I started getting interested in, 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 in working out at one point and I was working out my, in, in the family room with some weights mm. and, you know, she came running in and she's like, started kissing my muscles. She's like, why would you want to be with a girl when you can have hard muscles and ball? And I was like, okay, you know, you're clearly straight. I get it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was also, a big, it actually was a, was an ego boost. It's like, oh, okay. Right. But, but yeah, yeah. I, in the end that was over conversa- compensation that she wasn't even being honest with herself about how she yes. really felt deep down, I think. Yeah, but uh, she always. I mean, with a, if we're watching a movie and a lesbian scene comes up, or you know, where two girls kiss, you'd get really uncomfortable. And you know, yeah. uh, so I always thought that was just a subject we didn't go to. And we yeah. would meet lesbians, and I could just tell, like, and she even one point said, you know, I think, I think uh, uh, homosexuals have a problem. They their 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 minds are warped or something because that isn't right, you know. <laughs> and then yeah, it's it was really funny. So, but then. But then what happened was she had an affair. She mm. fell in love with her, with, the, with her, her best friend. And, and she and this, and this lady, they hung out with each other. They did all kinds of stuff and you were just really fast friends, but then mm. it be, turned into an affair when mm. she was coming back at three in the morning. And I'm like, this is really weird, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't see it coming because I was convinced she was the straight as an arrow, you know? Right. Um, and uh, so I was not, not really clued in and so i missed a lot of clues in retrospect oh well, geez <laughs> here's a huge clue right in my face and i just i just wasn't i wasn't you know uh aware at all and then i remember we came back from a gig and there was absolute silence in the car and she wasn't saying anything to me and i was pretty upset with her and i was like we need to talk and she's like yeah we do and so mm. she gra- grabbed a couple of glasses of wine and we walked out into the park we sat down at a at a, at a park bench and then she was like um i think we we need we need to break up we need to split up i I want a divorce and i'm like really and she's like yeah and then she lists the whole thing she had this letter she expected me to read the letter and fall apart crying right and i was like Mm. everything in the letter i went yeah yeah you're right yes you're absolutely right yeah you're right we should split up and Mm. she was like oh and so i'm looking at her and I'm like, is there someone else? And she gets this look on her face. I was like, okay, who is it? Do I know him? And she goes, it's not a he. Mm. And I just went, oh, I knew exactly who it was when she said mm. that. I was like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. And mm. she's like, I fell in love with her. And I'm just like, I started laughing because I was like, you? <laughs> <laughs> you what the heck i just the world's upside down here Uh, and that just that really tripped me out that was like what wow were you hot no no i was actually i was actually happy for huh i was i was actually happy for i was like i'm glad you found somebody that makes you happy no 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 the heartbreak the the disaster came when and i'm thinking yep yep this i need need to move out and this this relationship isn't working and i even said to her i tried to break it off with you 10 years ago and Mm. you know here we are 
she, the real pain came later. And I thought, yeah, I'm ready to leave. No problem. And I got my stuff together and, and I'm like, and she's like, well, I, I really want, I really want you to, 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 to move out tonight. And I'm like, I was like, no, I'm just gonna sleep in my office. She's like, no, I, I want my, 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 my girlfriend to come over tonight. And, um, um, I, 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 you know, I want to spend the night with her here in the house. We haven't been able to do that. And, and I'm like, so okay. Envelope a bit. Yeah. I'm like, but since I traded in my man card, I'm like, okay. It's like, that, uh, you know, that meme where it's like, you know, the, like, look, the government takes away all your freedoms and, you know, okay, but the government mm. inter- interrupts Netflix. What? And it turns into Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, but the, 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 the face was, okay, okay. That's kind of what I was. I was like, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I um, basically uh, moved in with my mother-in-law who was living near us. Uh, she said, yeah, you can, you can sleep on my, on my couch tonight. That's fine. Wow. And I, I, I was like, Oh, everything's fine. I was like, everything's great. You know, I'm so happier with her. This is wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, no, wait, I'm not okay with this. Mm. <laughs> I was like just fooling myself. And I was just, I couldn't sleep. I was a wreck. Mm. Um, and then that, um, that week where I started moving my stuff out and, Oh my God, that was awful. It was the worst week up to that point in my life. It was, I mean, it was, I just felt like I was just killing myself slowly a bit at a time as I'm uh, my office. I had no idea, Kurt, I had no idea that I had so much attachment to all this stuff, deep emotional attachment to my office. I had a standing desk and, and, and trying to gather up all my stuff and pack it up and, and leave it was so painful hmm. it really really hurt bad and it was it was out of my stomach i i couldn't eat anything for a week i dropped like 10 pounds i mean people saw me like my god did you go on some kind of weird diet or something hmm. i mean i just lost all of this weight and um and i was i was i was miserable i was crying all the time and and, and i was just going i was just going Okay, this is really weird because I'm not in love with her. So why am I so devastated? But it was because I was leaving my home. Oh. And I and you know, I told you I was marking time and I just was kind of digging a hole in and it made it very, very difficult emotionally to pick up and leave. And I didn't that surprised me. I didn't know I was gonna have such a hard time with that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait, you, so, you were in the house, right? Or I, yep. We owned, we owned the house. Okay. So, and it is pretty funny, but I, I told a friend of mine from work about my situation and she was so enraged. She's like, you make her leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, kick her out. That's your house. You know, it was yeah. really funny, you know, <laughs> but, but honestly in the long run, I wanted my freedom and she really wanted the house. And hmm. I'm like, okay, you can have it. And so she bought me out of the house, but I mean, it's okay. all, Fair enough. And, 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 and to her credit, and I will give her credit for this. She did not want to fight. She did not want, because in California, it's just awful. Divorce court is horrible. You oh, get yeah. adults fighting over the kids. The kids get caught in the middle. It's, that's hmm. the last thing she wanted. She was like, I don't, I don't want anything else from you. I want to, I want to buy out of the house. 
And then we agreed on some money that I would give her for alimony to help, to help out our youngest who mm. was just about to turn 18 anyway. So it was like, and, um, you know, we, 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 to her credit, she was like, I don't want any of this. I don't, I don't want an ugly battle. And, and that was smooth. That was great. And I remember it was kind of a weird thing. We both went to the courthouse to get the divorce papers. And that was a strange way of ending things, you know, kind of weird, bittersweet, you know? Hmm. Um, but we both had our freedom from each other. And that was actually, we were both happy about that in the long run. It's right. just that one week of just dealing with the emotional, like I just lost my house, you know, even though I didn't, I gave it up voluntarily, but I felt like I lost my house, right. the place that I've lived for the last 20 years, you know? Um, and, uh, that was, that was an eye opening experience. Yeah. But, um, but uh, I mean, in it, um, like you kind of did want to give it up in the end, like you, you did want to like the, in the sense that was an agreeable term for you. And I remember having feelings along the way of like, geez, you know, I'd sure like to sell this house. And just uh, just <laughs> not have it hanging around my head. Yeah. But I get that. I get that every now and then, you know? Um, but so yeah. Kurt, I thought I was, I thought I was, prepared i was not all right <laughs> so and i remember yeah. at the time i was doing i was doing yoga and mm. um yoga can get spiritual and yes. the yogis that i was that i was uh, uh uh taking classes from they would often chant like there's one guy my favorite yogi he's just he's a beautiful singer and he would and he he would chant he would open up with um what they call kirtan so you open mm -hmm. up the yoga with a chant he has like this little, ah, I forget the name of the instrument. You might know it. Uh, it's a, it looks like a, an organ. It looks like a, a, a um, you know, squeeze box uh, accordion, but it, I, I think I know what you're floor. talking about, but the name escapes me. It's like harmonium right. or something, or I don't know. I think it's harmonium. I think that's the yeah. name of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same principle as an accordion, but you're sitting on the floor and there's a, there's a, a lever above and you, you squeeze the lever up and down and that gets the pump action and then hmm. you can play it. Um, and um, anyway, this guy would play the harmonium and he would chant and sing Great. Uh, this, you know, these, these beautiful melodies all in Sanskrit. Right. And he would yeah. translate and say, you know, there was a, a God in there named Shiva mm -hmm. and uh, Shiva, his image is he, he's got blue skin and he has like, he like a dozen arms and they're all holding swords and he's standing in the middle of a, of a ring of fire. Right. And, yeah. but he's got this, this tranquil look on his face and Shiva is kind of the God of change that when it's time to really tear down the old, to rebuild the new, you bring in Shiva energy, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sitting here chatting to Shiva and then this happens. And I was just like, I was like, Dang, Shiva, that was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty harsh, dude. <laughs> yeah, harsh but fair. <laughs> well, it needed to happen. It needed to happen. So, boy, it was. Whoa, it was. It was emotional. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's really intense. Losing your home and your wife to <laughs> losing your wife to another woman, um, and it happened all at once. It happened right? all at once. It wasn't like. The affair came out and then, okay, we're dealing with that. And 
Um, you know, and, and okay. And at some point, you know, okay, I'll move into my office for a while and blah, 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 you know, and then eventually it's okay. I'm ready to move out. It was never, it wasn't like it, it was all at once. Mm. It's like quitting smoking cold Turkey. It was just absolutely right. ridiculous. <laughs> you know? So how do you get your man card back after all this has happened? I, I guess maybe that loss is a part of it. Cause it's like, you start to realize, hmm, well, maybe I have, I, I don't have anything to lose. Well, over time, I found that, um, and it kind of has to do with, with, with the, the political environment in California, but not just that, but my situation as well, mm. that I've kind of found myself be, becoming more and more feminine, you know? Um, mm. uh, in what uh, ways? Uh, kind of, well, okay, like, you know, uh, 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 I associate self-confidence with masculinity and I mm. was losing that self-confidence and kind of becoming more of a, what you would call a sub, you know, like a subservient, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Surrendering myself, which was kind of like, which can be a feminine energy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, kind of, maybe you could call that, I, I'm not exactly sure if that would be toxic femininity, I don't know, but uh, it's like where mm -hmm. you're just, you know, there, there's the good feminine, which is like the nurturing mom, and then there's the bad feminine, which is like, oh, I'm just a reed in the wind and just trample me and use me, and you know, and yes. that's kind of, that's kind of what I was adopting and taking on to the point even when I was like reading about people that transit and, and, like, you know, uh, uh, the whole, uh, gender dysphoria, you know, the whole well, gender dysphoria is the wrong word, uh, wrong phrase. Um, sure. the entire, uh, 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 uh the trans movement, right. That's yes. cool. Cool. And, you know, you've got these 50 million different genders and all this other stuff. And, um, mm. and I found myself kind of going down that path without even really realizing what I was doing. Um, and really, going, going yeah. down that path, like qu questioning yourself on a yeah. uh, questioning your gender identity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I found myself okay. doing that, and um, and and it was like when when this all came to a head and everything fell apart, and I was left being myself. I started. I started. Uh, uh, there was a guy that I knew who did therapy, so I started talking to him on a regular basis, and we had a weekly weekly Zoom call. And, uh, because he was, he lived pretty far away. So he had his office pretty far out. So we just did everything, everything on zoom. And he was started to help me see that, I, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with being masculine. And mm. it was like, I, I didn't realize I was doing that. Hmm. And, you know, in addition, it also, it also, you know, there is this political climate in particularly in California where, being white and male is bad, you know? Mm. And, um, and so, you know, I found myself drifting toward that. And mm. when, it, you know, when I got out of that, I took a step back and realized what I had done. Well, I, okay. Think about it. I'm, I'm with a woman who really in deep down is gay. So she mm. really doesn't want a man. She wants a woman. Right. Mm. And, in fact, she and I even kind of discussed this, you know, like uh, her, her lover also had a husband and like, she's oh. like, well, both of you guys are similar. You have, you have hardly any hair on your chest. And if, if we had to choose feminine men, you guys would be, you know, 
um, you guys fit that more, you know, and like, mm-hmm. we weren't like big stocky fellows. Oh man, give me my bud. You know, we weren't anything <laughs> like that, you know? And, um, so if we had to, you know, so that, that's why they, she said, you know, I, I, you know, I th- think that's what, why we chose that deep down, you know? And, hmm. um, and I'm, I'm looking at this going, yeah. And so what I've done is I'm in this situation and I'm trading away my man card bit at a time, bit at a time, bit at a time. Hmm. And just really not really having, you know, the self-confidence when, when I got out of that situation, suddenly I, found myself re-exploring all these things and working on my self-confidence. My, my, my therapist helped me enormously with, with, in our discussions and, um, things would happen. Like I, you know, I changed my wardrobe. I, I got a new haircut. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to redefine myself here. And, uh, yeah. and then like, you know, I would, I would, this thing started happening. Like I'd notice like a girl staring at me. Oh like, shit. She's checking me out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, how do you, yes, yes, well, absolutely. <laughs> how do you build your self confidence? Like, you start looking people in the eye more, give a firm a handshake, or what do you do? Well, first, feeling better about my home life and about where I was, getting out of that situation helped enormously. That boosted my confidence just enormous. And then talking to my therapist and having helping, he would give me these exercises. And then I would like, you know, he would say, you recognize when you start hearing that voice that tears you down. He says, we all have it. It's called the shadow. We all have it. Hmm. Can't get, can't get rid of it. But what you can do with your shadow is you can take your sword and you can put that shadow on the end of your sword. Now it's oh. on your terms. <laughs> okay but that's that's a very interesting image i never th- thought of yeah. it like that before but how do how, how do you do that practically i, I can't quite imagine you rec- you recognize you putting it on the end of your sword means that you 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 recognize it's there and you, you uh-huh. hear the voice yeah and you you don't let it work on you you know you don't hmm. you you say right that's coming from my shadow that's shadow language that's mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, 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 I sit there and say I was a bad husband and I, you know, I, I didn't give her what she needed and blah, blah, blah. And I went down this hole and he's mm-hmm. like, why do you know, you see, you need to ask yourself, why do you, where's that coming from? And I'd do some analysis deep down and I'd find that there's a fear in there that, mm-hmm. that started this whole thing. And, and, uh, you know, um, a fear of, uh, not being able, of not being a man, you know, I, I, when I dug down, I found the roots to a lot of this stuff. And that's how I, I started turning it around. And so, so this is really interesting. So the fear of not being a man actually led to your emasculation in some sense. Correct. Hmm. It led me down that path, you know, and uh, it's like um, you're you're trying, I guess, I guess it, it goes something like this. You're trying really hard to meet, others' expectations, meet your wife's expectations because you you have this kind of twisted idea of what masculinity is about. And so, yeah, that fear drives you harder and harder to try to meet those expectations, which means you're actually diminishing yourself. Is that how it works? Yeah, okay. I would say that is pretty spot on. Often people that have incredible phobias about something wind up bringing on the thing that they're terrified of. Hmm. And, And, uh, 
And that's, and, and I think I was doing that slowly, but surely without even realizing I put myself in that mm. position. And by leaving that situation, I could then start to analyze what was going on. And, and, and by the time our, our sessions were done, I was in a much better place. Uh, and then I moved to, to, um, Acapulco mm. and, um, how did you decide to move to Acapulco? Well, that's a long where you and I met. It's because we're in Acapulco. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I went to an Acapulco in 2016, and that opened a door for me. And I never stopped thinking about Acapulco since. <laughs> kept, once in a while, I'd fantasize and look at, you know, apartment listings and, you know, um, yeah. think, well, I could, I could live down there. And, yeah. and I didn't, and I told you, I told you this before, but I said to my, X, well, why don't, why don't we consider moving to Acapulco? It's like heck of cheaper and, you know, it's yep. beautiful weather. And she's just like, if you want to move to Mexico, you're moving without me. You know? <laughs> and so that, that prophecy got fulfilled, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But when I got there, I, I found this institute. They called, it's called Bambuda. It's a, it's a resort mm -hmm. place and run by a, a really wonderful uh, a woman who's a shaman and she's a therapist and she's a, a she, she runs a mean Temescal and <laughs> I, I did Temescal with her and the first, just real quickly, it goes in what they call doors. Each door yes. is associated with an element. Right. Right. And so you, you, you typically, you, you go in the Temescal for a while, it gets really hot and intense and then you, you exit for a bit and you come back and it's kind of like that. And the first door, I started feeling sick. My stomach started really hurting. And I stumbled out of the Temescal. And then the weird, the interesting thing is that physical pain changed into an emotional pain. Wow. And I started crying. And we all, the idea was for us to, because the first door was earth. We covered ourselves in earth, go in, go in and we go down to the beach to wash off. And the next door is water, right? Hmm. And, uh, so I we're crawling down to the beach and then just the tears are coming and, you know, it's like I'm, I'm weeping more. And then by the time I got to the, to, to, to the water's edge, um, I just, I just started crying. Right. And mm. the, the woman, uh, uh, who, who runs the resort, she took, she came over to me and then she took my hand and just sat next to me. And that was like, that gave me permission. And I just, God, I just howled. I mm. howled at the top of my lungs it was a gigantic emotional release. People thought I got stung by a stingray or manta ray or something. And like, is he okay? And we had a medical doctor in our group and he's just like, well, I don't see anything wrong with him. And I just, between breaths, I'm like, it's emotional. It's not physical. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, it just, this just, just, I, mean, I screamed to the heavens and uh, for wow. quite a long time. Something like subsided. really primitive like the, the, oh, the it, wild it man like ah it and it was yeah. it, but it was a it was it was crying it was i mm. mean it was a cry mm. and, and, and it was a screaming cry if you will mm. um and it was at the top of my lungs and um and it was like it was just coming out i couldn't control it couldn't stop it it's coming out you know and um vistara later on uh told me uh I, I guess i can use her name she's you know bambuda you know she's right. awesome go see her um 
Um, she said, well, I, I also do therapy. I, I do uh, regression therapy as well. If you'd like to come in, cause I, I was doing yoga with her. And at the end of one session, I'm sitting on the mat crying and she's like, why don't you come for a session? And, uh, man, that session was, <laughs> was intense. She had me screaming and crying. I mean, she walked me back. She got me relaxed. It's breathing exercises. And um, I, well, I'll share this too. I think this is really cool. And it dovetails in with the, with the, the, the masculine journey. But she asked me, she said, you're walking in, a, in, in the woods and visualize the woods around you. She asked me, you know, are there smells? Like, what do you see? I told her, she says, okay, so you're walking and you, you see a clearing and there's a, um, there's a log cabin. Uh, I want you to walk over to the log cabin and, and walk inside, open the door and walk in. What do you see? I says, well, I see like, uh, you know, furniture is covered by, by, uh, uh, but with big, uh, sheets, you know, for obviously it's like a, they're gone for the season, you know, kind of thing. And she says, okay, well, you know, there's a mirror in the, in the corner. Why don't you walk over to it and, and, and look at yourself, see what you think. See, see, tell me what you see. And I looked and I, at first I thought, oh, come on, I, what, I, what am I supposed to see? Is, you know, I thought, well, I'm, all right, all right, I'll, I'll just, I'll just let my mind wander. And an image started forming. And it was uh, uh, a big, burly lumberjack in um, who I saw, the man I saw in, in, in the mirror looking back at me. It was, wow. a, 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 you know, in flannel with an axe strapped to his back, huge, wow. bushy beard, just <laughs> big, big chest, big muscles. And I told her that, why do you think that? And she said, why do you think that you saw that? Why do you think that's what you see in the mirror of yourself? And I said, without thinking, without even pausing, I said, that's the man I want to be. And which shocked me because why, why would I want to be him? Well, (laughs) not that I've ever fantasized about being a lumberjack, but what that guy has, Hmm. that guy's strong. Hmm. He can he can cut down trees. He can live, you know, sustainably on the land. He can hunt. Hmm. He knows how to survive in nature. And I hmm. I was look and I had absolute admiration for that, you know. And that's hmm. the man I want to be. I want to be stronger. I want to be able to withstand nature. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet and have that confidence that he has in looking at hmm. me with those intense eyes, you know. Hmm. And, uh, that, that was, you know, you know, I think I, I am more like him than I ever have been in my hmm. life. I've moved more. I am not a survivalist, you know, I'm not, I'm not prepping or anything. I know hmm. there's people that say you should, but, but I'm not, <laughs> but <laughs> I yeah. did. I, I think I have moved much, much further toward that ideal of, of that, that the self-confidence, you know, being a man. Well, I know I've done something right because my wife, uh, my new my new wife, hmm. um, I met in a club, and she was like the best looking woman in the club, and she asked for my number. <laughs> and the thing about the thing about Soledad, and I don't mind using her name, <laughs> is that she she makes me feel like a man. Wow, what a gift! It really is. <laughs> that's she funny. makes me feel like she makes me feel like a man for the first mm-hmm. time in my life yeah. and where whereas my ex never did she never did 
I never really felt like a man around her. I felt like um, I was a number two. And where with, with, with soul, I feel like I'm a number one. And, and she wants that. She wants a man. She doesn't yeah. want, uh, you know, a simpering person. She wants somebody who's confident. Mm. And she secret like if I get passionate about something, I like, like I'll like yell or something about something like that. And she she tells me later on, she says that was hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the the but, interesting thing yeah. is about going back to the therapy. I didn't mention is that what she also did is she took me into a clearing and had me meet my ex, hmm. and. I was yelling at her and I'm like, how could you do this to me? And blah, blah, blah. And she's like, cause at one point she says, well, she says, so what happened? I said, well, you know, my ex took on another lover. And she said, uh, can you repeat that please? Well, my ex took on another lover. She's like, yeah, I say that once more. She had me say it like once more. And I just, she took on another lover. And I just started crying. <laughs> wow. She knew that was a sticking point. She just went for it and got me. And then yeah. later, later on in the conversation, she had me, she got me to the point where I was saying, I was actually forgiving her. And I said, right. I forgive you. And that was, that was hard to do. I didn't know. I was, I was, I was pissed at her. I was angry with her and I didn't yeah. know it. Right. And, um, I had to forgive her before I could forgive myself, if you will. Right. Yes. Um, it's almost and, always the way. Yeah. 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 Mm. And then after that, I felt like a huge weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. And um, that was the beginning of my, I, I think that point was the beginning of my new life, you know? Hmm. And uh, uh, something I dreamed about when I went to Narcopoco in 2016 and met all you fabulous people. Mm. Um, and uh, um, actually was around people that you could say taxation is theft. And instead of being yelled at, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or more like, well, well yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goes without saying. Yeah. But yeah, it, 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 it was, a uh, it was no, 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 that was finally, I finally found myself in that situation and, and, and created a new life. I mean, the only downside is I'm away from my kids and that really sucks. And, uh-huh. uh, my daughter and I had a zoom call and she was just like, I really miss you. I wish you'd come back and, or something, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's been really tough, especially with the, you know, the whole COVID thing. I don't, I don't want to go back to California until all this is over. If it ever does become over, I don't know. And so, right. you know, it's, it's the, the, the downside is I, the, the thing I don't really miss too much about California, but I miss my kids. Of course. You know, and, yeah. my, and my mom and my sister are there. And, and so I miss, I miss them. Um, I miss Trader Joe's. I'll admit I miss Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> Trader but, Joe's but, is like, like Costco yeah. or something. It's like, a it's no, it's, no. It's, what is it? It's, it's no, no, no. It's cause it's not bulk. It's, uh, it's kind of like a, almost a boutique kind of thing. Uh, They've really? got, they have, they have, they import a lot of stuff and a lot of natural organic stuff, uh, high quality food, you know, yeah, it's cool. got good, good and a good, really good wine section, beer section. They, they just, they, they generally import stuff. And, um, and it's usually really, really good. Like my favorite thing to buy there was this bars of Belgian chocolate. Just ask Soledad about that. I saw <laughs> Well, oh, it does man. seem like uh, thing, things in Mexico are progressing quite rapidly. So maybe there'll be one in a few years. 
I, I, I actually, that's the thing that blew me away about Mexico is, is especially like in the city that I'm in, right. I, I, it's an unprecedented amount of wealth, you know? And uh-huh. it's like, I always thought Mexico was going to be dirty, grubby and poor. Right. And it's really not the case. Not, it's no. not really. Yeah. There are areas, but yeah. overall Mexico is, is becoming richer by the day. And, yeah. um, yeah, well, there's a lot of hardworking, very resourceful yeah. people out there who think, think a bit differently about problems. And so, and you've yeah, got a, good. and you've got a, you've, you've got a government that maybe is a bit inept. And so it kind of stays out of the way, <laughs> or, you know, they're able to, yeah. they're able to, I mean, they still make their, 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 their presence known and, and they still yes. cause the usual yes. problems, but, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's much more. I would say much more business friendly. And right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back back to your back to your story. Well, I want to ask you yeah. this. Okay. Uh, this is uh, well, it's, it's something that maybe seems a bit paradoxical or contradictory. Mm-hmm. Like when okay. you when you were on the beach and you're howling out, howling, howling and crying, or mm-hmm. when you when you're crying during therapy. Um, I think there there is something very masculine about it, even though on the surface it might seem feminine. What do you think that might be? Well, crying itself isn't. Unfortunately, it's it, it, it. There's a lot of shaming that goes on with crying when it comes yeah. to man. You know, act like a man, don't cry. My mom has even said that to me. Right. Um, on, on. That's right. Don't cry. Act, act like she a man, can't. not be a man. You know, yeah. there's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I think there's there's absolutely nothing that's emasculate about about crying. Um, mm. It's a natural response. It's important, and I think that the man that can that can cry, you know, mm. and and I don't. There's a difference. You know, if you're if you're a, a simpering person and you fold to the first sign of 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 opposition, that's not being a man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not being a self confident individual. You know, but if you could say, you know what, this upsets me, and have a good cry about it, get it out. I think you're mm-hmm. going to be healthier. And I don't, I don't think there's anything. There's nothing. There's nothing that's that's feminine about that necessarily. You know? Yes, yes. But what is masculine about it? I think there is something masculine about it. It's a good question. I, I well, is it because you, you're 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 releasing? You know, you're 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 communicating. You know, you're you're mm. being in touch with your feelings. Yeah, kind of like a, an adventurer. Yeah, yeah, like this explorer, w- willing to look inside. Ah, yeah. And then that could be actually a masculine quality because you're willing to go where most people are afraid to go. Yes. Yes. You know, take, take that well, journey. Yeah. When, when you say, like they say, you know, you know, I'm not afraid. Yeah, you are, but you're, you're facing your fear and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I guess that's, I guess that's the masculine thing about it is, is, is you're facing, you're facing, your fears, you're facing the pain mm-hmm. because it's really yep. now, one thing that was interesting about my dad is that he would, like I said, you know, he was, I don't know if I mentioned this, he, he's a man's man, you know, and, and, yep. um, 
and he and I were always kind of at odds. He loved sports and, and I just couldn't be, I couldn't be less interested. I'd rather go to the symphony. And he's like, you know, what's this, you know? Um, <laughs> anyway, he, he wouldn't tell you if anything, if he was, if, if he was in pain, hmm. something was wrong. He wouldn't tell you. He wouldn't know. Hmm. He wouldn't say anything. Never complained. And, and uh, about that was just, if, and it, it was true for emotional pain as well. He'd just suck it up, not say anything. And that was his idea of being a man. You, you know, you didn't right. you know, just very, you don't show that. Weakness. It's like machismo, not quite masculinity. That I guess you probably could call toxic masculinity. Where, <laughs> right. But there's the good kind. Of, there's the good kind of masculinity. And yes. it's the kind that most that if you talk to most women, they want that. Yes. You know, it's not the yes. machismo. Or even if, if they say they don't, <laughs> you know, they respond yeah. to it. They actually do want that. And, they know um, it kind of instinctively. Well, I remember my, my, my dad did say once something to me once that he was, we were talking about something and he just said he felt that society was moving in a way that was trying to take away the masculinity, you know, hmm. that, that uh, some of these forces want men to be more like women. And he's just like, that's not what I want. Right. Um, and um, which I appreciated that that was actually a really uh, really good moment with him it, one of the few because <laughs> hmm. uh, my dad and I didn't get along very well but but that was one time that one of the things he told me that really stuck with me hmm. Um, hmm. and I agree with I agree with him I don't think he's wrong I don't think he's wrong I think that's there's for yes. example in schools schools you know they're, they're you, you see these, these, these teachers getting frustrated with the boys you know because they won't sit still and like the girls, right? Why can't you be more like Just the girls? Boys. Well, because, because <laughs> let the boys, let boys be boys. Well, um, boys are gonna tear <laughs> things up. What they do, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's, it's not a great system. Well, let, let's uh, let's try this. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's try this. If we go back, like, if, uh, I'll ask you to close your eyes for a moment. Mm-hmm. If you if you go back to those last five years or so of your marriage and you observe what your body language is like, how, how is your body positioned and your internal sensations? What does it feel like to, to be that person? Felt, I felt old. Awful. Did you say old? Oh, old. Interesting. And weak. Right. Well, I guess the the connotation of old is weak. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What else? um, Restless. Mm -hmm. Trying to go find something that that excites me. Hmm. Feels, feel excitement. What do you notice about your body? Uh, well, my back, I had back problems. Ah, yeah. So physically and, weak and, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, terrible posture. It's kind of funny how people say, you know, uh, this, this person is so spineless and maybe that was coming yep. out somehow. Well, if you, if, when I looked, uh, um, I did this, um, I did a, 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 a state musical hmm. uh, called Titanic and um, they filmed it 
they, they took a video of it. This is back in like 2012. Um, and I was like looking at this guy in the, in, in the video going, Oh my God, I look terrible. Mm. It was like, my, my, sh- my shoulders were, were, were hunched forward. And uh-huh. uh, I, I looked like I was, I looked much older than I was. And boy, it was like, it was shocking to see that, you know, mm. shocking to see that. Yes. And in fact, yes. there, there are photos that I look at of that time and I go, I look older than I do now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know? Well, let's, let's go to today. Let's go mm-hmm. to the the present day, and now you start to notice how your how your body is. You're <laughs> you're living the life you want to lead. You have a beautiful wife, great house, uh, doing do, doing awesome work in in your job. What's your body like now? Shoulders are back. Um, mm. Neck neck is aligned better. Mm. Um. My back doesn't give me problems like it mm. used to. Mm. Um, I feel I feel stronger. Right. I feel stronger. Is there a feeling of masculinity in your body? It absolutely is. Absolutely. What is it like? Is. It's, um, how would I describe that? <laughs> You, you know, it's, it's you know what it is. It's a it's a comfort in your skin. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's it's really in, powerful. It, 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 yeah, yeah. And that's how. And and you know, a, a true masculine person is somebody you just like to be around. You feel comfortable with. You know, it, right? Because they're confident. They're confident in their in in in, in themselves. They're not right. trying to drain your energy or, and, and because they have that confidence, it's extremely attractive. And I don't mm. mean sexually, mm. you know, uh, but I mean, you know, you're attracted to people that, that, that more vibrate with you and, you mm-hmm. know, it, 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 you want to be around what they call a man's man, mm. you know, that's, that's the person that you want to be around because they have, um, they have that certain confidence. And I think that's the masculine, uh, that that's the, the masculineness that's really healthy is really good. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, obviously you feel safe around a guy like that. Cause it's like, he, mm-hmm. he seems like he's perfectly in control of himself and, and you think, well, he'll be in control of any situation that, that comes up. That's true too. That's true too. Mm-hmm. I think that engenders a, a trust. It, it, mm-hmm. You also know, you can, you can trust them. You can say, if they give you their word, they'll do it, you know, and, and, um, that's the kind of, that's, that's, that's the kind of masculinity that's, it's good. You know? Right. It's a, yeah, it's like a deep congruence because you can tell if you, if he says something, then that's, that's what it is. It's like, he's not hiding anything. Yeah. You know, you know, he's shooting straight with you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, what does it feel like? Again, what does it feel like to be like that? I can, I can breathe well. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel I feel fuller because fuller. I'm standing more upright. Yeah. yeah. When you throw your shoulders back, when you align your spine right, and you, you know you stand properly, mm. you just feel fuller. You feel like I just you know you just feel it, you know. And mm. 
couple that with the fact that I'm also weight training. <laughs> yes. You know, it, no, it makes a difference. It really does. It makes, makes a, a difference. huge difference. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you're now becoming stronger. And you know, what do we associate with masculinity? Strength. You know? Yeah. And I feel strong. Yeah. I feel strong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel weak anymore. And I don't feel old. What about this? There is, um, how can I say it? This, I guess, is a youthful kind of masculinity, which uh, like a reckless masculinity. Because I know like many years ago when my friends told me they start weight training, they're like, oh, I just feel so confident because I can know I can just throw any guy out of the club or, or something like that, like a bouncer. Uh, <laughs> but there is a, like, you know, obviously you're in this stage where, where your masculinity is more mature. It's like there's nothing to prove. Uh, what what would you say about that? I've never I've never I've never liked that sort of masculinity. You know, the guys that are just mm-hmm. you know, like say, you know, trying to throw throw their weight around and um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm so bad. You know, I, to me, that's not that's not self confident. That's you know, that's trying to if you're trying to prove something to other people, that's not self confidence. Mm. The mature kind of masculinity is the self confidence because you know you know what you can do. It's like, what do they say that um, the the old car commercial that they they were selling a they're selling a car with like a I don't know real powerful engine and they said though you could put the pedal to the metal and go 110 miles an hour down the road you don't but you know you can <laughs> <laughs> right yeah well this is really interesting because early in the store you you had that point where you were like where am I who am I and now it's like yeah I know who I am. You know, that's a good point. It's, it's self-awareness. My self-awareness mm. is just so much more. It's so much higher now. Whereas mm. at the time I just was like, I was just marking time and what, and then, you know, I get a period of like, what the hell's going on? And then go right back into this slumber, you know? Mm. And it really did feel like I was in a fog in a slumber. And mm. uh, suddenly I'm, I'm, I woke up and I went and I, you know, did something I never would have done before. You know, I'm learning another language, you know, which is right. kind of always, always been a dream of mine, but right. I had, the dream. you know, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> to the time. Oh, I don't want to go live anywhere else. This is where I want to live. And I'm like, I want to go live in a foreign country. I want to experience this. <laughs> I want to learn the language and learn the culture. You know, I know I won't be, you know, uh, of, I won't be one, you know, one of them, but I'll, have this experience and i always mm-hmm. used to sort of look at people from other countries and with envy you know it's like wow you you, you took the leap man you, you you came over here you did it you know mm. you got your green card and you you settled in and you you got a job and you learned the language and i was always 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 looked up to that always was envious of that and now i finally get to do it and that was yeah and that was depriving myself of that dream you know hmm right you know? yeah no. Yeah, you had you had that power within you all along to to go out and find it. But the and you're absolutely right. I and those are all my choices and I I own all those choices. I yeah. I made the choice to stay. I can't blame anyone else but me for that. Yeah. Um it seemed like the right thing to do at the time, you know. Yeah. But then yeah. everything shifted on its axis and then all these <laughs> things tumbled out and then re- reconfigured themselves. And now I'm in a different place, you know, Yeah. and I'm in a better yeah. place. And I keep, I keep thinking about, 
you know, wow, boy, when I was back there, this was the case. And I think now this is so much better. So I, I compare <laughs> the two, the two lives, you know? Yes. So. Yes. Well, do you have any, uh, any other words of wisdom for people? I would say that it, it's, it's hard to get past that momentum. It's hard mm. when you're settled in, you know, it's, it's very difficult to break that and do something different. Most people don't do that. Mm. Uh, but if you want to make a difference in your life, do it. You know, if you <laughs> whatever it is, go, go face the fear, look in the mirror and find that lumberjack, you know, and, you know, and go out and, and, and do it, do something, you know, go outside your comfort zone, whatever it is, even if it's just like going to the gym, you know, yeah. um, Get outside your comfort zone and yeah. you start to benefit like in so many ways. You don't have to do yes. it cold turkey like I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Small, small steps will, will work um, just as well. As long too. Is there anything yeah. you want to promote and any uh, project you want to mention? Or, I don't know. Uh, Maybe you don't want to discuss your work. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. I, I won't, I won't talk about that. No, no. Sure. But um, yeah, it's fine. But if you, if, you know, I would definitely say that, uh, well, if you're listening to this podcast and probably you are seeking, you know, some, some answers and things, and you might want to look into something like, well, the stuff that's going on with Anarchapoco, you know, mm. um, all, and, and, the and the various, uh, uh, they're, they're doing some really incredible stuff and you can mm -hmm. really open your mind, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. so, Great. but no, I don't have anything else <laughs> to yeah. add. Awesome. All right. Well, th thanks so much, Doug. Oh, thank you, Kurt. I appreciate you uh, uh, having me on the show here and uh, um, hope everything uh, works out well. And yeah. you and I will definitely be in, in contact. A beautiful thought. Thanks for coming along for the journey there. And I hope people have got a little insight into masculinity. I think it's important for us to understand this as Doug was talking about in a lot of places in the world in communist california as some some people <laughs> give the epithet uh in california and other parts of the world people try to diminish masculinity or they sometimes conflate masculinity with toxic masculinity of course it's not good to have machismo that's the appearance of masculinity superficial paper thin masculinity no we want the real thing. We want that real strength and that real self-control and that confidence. So it's a wonderful thing that many men out there are actually support. They're actually supporting these themes. Okay, they're exploring these themes, which is very important. Uh, perhaps in the future we're going to face some hard times, and we are going to need that that kind of inner strength that comes from knowing your own self, understanding your own emotions and being in touch with the world, with, with reality and being able to draw boundaries when necessary. This is a very powerful ability to have. There are some resources that I recommend. One book that taught me a lot about masculinity not that I necessarily agree with everything in this book, but there's some very potent essays or chapters in this book. It's called The Way of the Superior Man. So I recommend it 
put a link on the site so you can buy it off Amazon if you if you want to buy it. I think there's a Kindle version available, and that way you can support a beautiful thought at the same time as supporting your own mind, exploring those themes of masculinity. And that is uh, it's an interesting book. You read the blurb on the back, and it says this is a book for masculine people and the people who love them, their their partners especially. So it can give a lot of insight to men and then to their partners or to, you know, even if there are masculine women out there, women with a masculine polarity, that's that's included there too. So that's a that's an excellent book. I highly recommend that book uh, to think about and ponder over and wonder, you know, which parts might be applicable in your own life, in your own world. It does talk about, it talks about em- embracing the world and making love to the world, like spreading what is wonderful about you through the world. And it, it says it's stuff like, you know, you, your woman doesn't want you in parts. She wants you complete. She wants you pure. Just like what Doug was talking about when he, he gets impassioned about something and and his wife gets <laughs> uh, attracted by that. So, yeah, I recommend that book, The Way of the Superior Man by David Dada. And another thing, actually, I mentioned this, the semen retention subreddit. This is like probably the purest example of positive masculinity that I've ever found. People on there are so supportive and they're, they're willing to encourage their brothers on the forum. And yes, it's, they talk to each other extremely respectfully. And I haven't seen many places on the internet where people talk to each other that respectfully. So it's worth <laughs> visiting just to see that kind of example, this new example of how we can interact with our brothers and sisters, even just on the internet. So, yeah, David Data, Way of the Superior Man, the, the Semen Retention subreddit. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And once again, you can use that coupon code BEAUTIFUL2021 on my website, beautifulpodcast.com. Get 50% off your first coaching session with me, and we can begin to explore what's going on in your mind and your emotions. Try to make sense of it or look at it from a different perspective so you can transcend the cycle that you might have been caught in for a long time. Find a new way of being, something fresh, exciting, creative, something totally you and totally new. So beautifulpodcast.com, beautiful2021 is the coupon code And I almost forgot. So if you want to listen to another episode, another interview that is about the theme of masculinity, finding one's own masculinity, personal power, you can go to episode 192 and listen to the episode that I did with our friend Anthony Fair talking about facing his own fears and developing that internal strength, understand himself and and know a little more his place in the world, episode 192. And most importantly, have a wonderful day.